You're listening to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com podcast. Hey, I'm Mike Stout. And I'm Heidi Rue. We're both full-time voice talent and owners of Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com. AVS is a recording and training studio in Atlanta with virtual options available to join. And ProVoiceOverTraining.com offers on-demand video resources to better your voiceover career. Our purpose in creating both of these is to give you the resources you need to create the career you want. And that's exactly why this podcast exists as well. Each month, we bring on an expert to share their industry knowledge, insight, and helpful tips. Visit AtlantaVoiceOverStudio.com and ProVoiceOverTraining.com for more great resources. As a voiceover talent, it is so helpful to hear about other people's stories and what makes them successful. Today, I'm so happy to talk to Erica J because she's not only very talented, but she has been able to really embrace the business side of voiceover. And I really think that there are some really good keys to her story of what makes a successful voiceover talent. So that's why I wanted to have her on today. But you may have even heard her before because she began her career as a songwriter and a singer in the D.C. area. She was classically trained at Duke Ellington School of Arts. And then she's created these amazing music videos that have debuted on BET Soul, MTV.com, VH1.com, and Russell Simmons All Deaf Digital channel. Yeah, she's kind of a big deal. And then in conjunction with her music career, she started her voice acting career, but that's not all. She's also started her own publishing and media company, is a certified financial coach, and holds a project management certification. Yeah, I'm telling you, she knows a lot. She is an example of a business leader and someone that understands how to create a successful freelance career. So let's talk to Erica. Erica, I am so happy to talk to you as like a, just to interview you, like outside of just as like a VO colleague and friend. And um, I just, I love your energy and your um, dedication to your craft and also your business insight. So I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today so everyone else can get a chance to to hear more from you. But Thank you. you have had already quite an impressive career. Um <laughs> So what made you decide to add on voice acting to your career? My goodness. So it wasn't, I don't even know if it was a conscious decision. It was just sort of like I happened upon it and it was like, oh, well, that's interesting. And then, you know, everything kind of snowballed. Um, To kind of allude to some of that, I was um, had a full corporate career and then also was writing my own music and working in a corporate band and doing music, singing. Um, and at the time, my two kids, um, now I have three, but back then it was two, um, were relatively young, like elementary school age. And, um, you know, I was gone a lot because I worked all Monday through Friday. And then on Saturdays, I was on the road. So Sundays was kind of like our only time together. And I was, you know, just really tired of, of missing out time with them. And they were starting to notice. So I was looking for some other options and heard a, uh, a colleague, another singer mentioned voiceover. And I'm like, well, what's that? You know, I had no clue, like so green. And um, that's when I kind of started digging. At the time, I was in Richmond, Virginia, and they had uh, um, told me about some studios, and I kind of started just scouting around and then looking on the internet, and the rest is history. That was in September of 2016 when I started. Wow, that's amazing. And yeah. you did so well, I mean, in, in your voiceover career. Thank you. I think one of the things, that, at least from my point of view, is that you are 
so good at the business side. And that's one of the things that we always tell people that, um, you know, when you go in as a voice talent, think of it like you're starting your, a small business. And I think you're really, really good at that. Um, and, but you also are really good at that with music too. <laughs> Is that something that has always come naturally to you or did you learn it in the corporate environment or where did that come from? Yeah, I think it was a mix of all of that. Um, and I still had some lessons to learn along the way. When I was, um, because I was doing music as an independent artist, it sort of necessitated the the learning of the business side um, so that I didn't mess myself up and I could actually kind of make some money from it. Um, on top of that, my corporate experience definitely helped. Um, I worked in government contracting for the state um, and then I worked in federal government and then I moved into corporate uh, later. Um, so being around, you know, those conversations and understanding how businesses run was was essential. Um, I went to school and got a master's in business administration. Um, and then I just surrounded myself with some really great people that helped me to seek um, seek out the business side of music and of entertainment. Um, you know, things like protecting your creative uh, pieces, um, protecting your name. Like I got my name trademarked and I learned a lot of that from from those people. So. Fortunately for me, um, all that sort of experience and expertise that was around me helped me when I got to voiceover to, to treat that like a business as well. And I had already opened like an LLC under the, the music part. So I kind of just made it like music and media. <laughs> so it worked out. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the great things about this industry, right? Is it like mine is like Heidi Roo Productions because I'm like, there you oh, go. God, there's a lot of things. Like an umbrella. Um, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And what were some of the things that you did along that journey that had the most positive impact, do you think? Yeah, I think learning about things like um, tracking business expenses, like the whole money aspect of it, and like learning to separate personal and business um, to really get like a handle on my personal finances and understand what I have and, you know, like, you know, uh, credit and all that kind of stuff. And then just doing the same thing on the business end, um, but totally segregating the two. Um, and then understanding like the tax implications, all that kind of stuff um, was really helpful. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, from the business perspective, those were the things that kind of helped the most was the money part. Cause I yeah. think that that's, that's what trips people up. And it's totally. like, just want to kind of shy away and forget and like, ah, la, 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 you know, like, oh, I, <laughs> but yeah. help me. I literally, I have cried in yeah. front of my accountant, like, yeah. you know, like, just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, you know, and every year I have to go, okay, just learn a little bit more each year. This doesn't yes. come naturally and that's okay. Yeah. You just learn a little bit more every single year and it's yeah. not as crazy or scary as you think, but you just, it's one little baby step at a time. Exactly. Um, yeah. Looking at it from that approach and learning from sources outside of voiceover, yeah. you know, like there are great voiceover podcasts like yours and resources like Atlanta voiceover studio plug plug but you know I seek out other like books and podcasts that are centered around just business you yeah. know where they wouldn't know how to spell voiceover but you know it kind of helps me to to learn that aspect um yeah a hundred percent what are some of the financial tools that you use that you like the best yeah you know I <laughs> I, I'm somewhat, I guess, old school in that way, but I really like Google Sheets because I can really manipulate it the way I want to, to get like data that I want. Like I like to nerd out, like, you know, how much am I making off of this particular source? How much did I book in this genre? You know, what percentage is the ROI? 
Um, and I can kind of just come up with those little formulas and Google and, and create them in Google Sheets myself and reference different sheets and all that kind of good stuff. So I really like that. Um, I do use a CRM just to sort of keep track of all like client information um, so that if I wanted to, you know, go leverage that. But, um, you know, being able to go back and see how much business I've gotten from a particular source is great. Um, and uh, what else do I really use a lot? Um, my email inbox categorizing and tagging in there is great. Um, yeah, yeah, some of those. And what CRM do you use? Right now, I use Voice Overview. Um, I really like that Danny Stapes was able to create something that was voiceover specific and has all different like fields that are pertain to us that other CRMs wouldn't understand. Um, yeah, so I like yeah. that one. We love Danny. That's he great. Did. I'll link that too in the show notes for anybody that's listening yeah. um, that is interested in checking that out. What are some things that you've done along the way that maybe didn't have the best impact? Maybe you try because I mean, that's a big part of it, right? Is trying things and what may work for one person doesn't always work for somebody else too. Yeah. So yeah. Not necessarily like, oh, this is a awful, but it just didn't fit me and how yeah. I operate. That is such an important question. Um, I think a couple of things come to mind is that uh, don't do what Erica did, but I did. Um, I was one of those that did a demo first. Um, <laughs> so, somebody referred me to a studio and, you know, bless their heart. I still work with them to this day. They're great, but I just didn't know what I was doing. They just handed me some copy and I was just like, uh, what's copy, you know, and yeah. <laughs> they guided me through the reads and I, uh, you know, recorded it without any training. Um, I had a little bit of a concept of how to voice things from my communication degree, my studies there, and also from music, just understanding how to communicate emotion. But, you know, I go back to listen to that thing now and I was like, ooh, um, you know, hope that didn't end up in some people's hands <laughs> and tarnish my image forever. But um, that was something that I didn't even know was harmful. Um, also, auditioning too much. Um, I was at the point where I was just auditioning for anything I could find. And especially with pay to plays, you know, there's tons of opportunities there that no one is directly sending you. So auditioning for some of those more from a perspective of, of uh, a perspective of quantity over quality and just trying to get as many auditions. And I'm like, yeah, I did 50 auditions today, but you know, I didn't really understand uh, which ones were necessarily for me um and didn't really have the greatest sound quality at the time you know because music sound quality needs versus voiceover is totally different and i had no clue in the beginning um and another thing i did was sometimes i threw money at stuff um without really looking at what the roi would be on it for me um workshops are great but I think you need to continually reevaluate if workshops make sense for you or which ones do. Um, sometimes I would take a workshop because it was just like, oh, yeah, I want to learn from that person. But, you know, maybe it was really more beginner level and I was a little bit further advanced. So it didn't it was almost like a waste of money or, you know, buying tech because it looked cool. And I was just like now it's just sitting collecting dust in my closet. <laughs> um, so really evaluating my spend from a from a business perspective of ROI and not just do I have the money? I want that thing shiny. Yay, get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. That is something that Mike and I really strive to do at Atlanta VoiceOver Studio because yeah. we've gone to workshops or we've, you know, we've trained with a ton of people. We've gone to different things. And one of the biggest things is there's, there's a couple of things. One, we hate, we've, we've done away with workshops where people at the end just say, well, you have to be in LA. And they're talking to an audience of Atlanta people. Cause I'm yeah. like, here's the thing, like, that's fine. And 
and if that's what you believe, that's fine. But you also need to give them some tangible things. What can they do here in yeah. where they live instead yep. of having to relocate across the country? Right. And then also the other thing is, is where we always tell our instructors say like, identify where somebody's at, where do they want to go and how can you get them at least one step closer to that? Yeah. Yep. And that is our goal for every workshop in class. And it's like, everybody's so different and yeah. where they come, you know, in, yeah. at, um, but I do think that that's so important. Um, cause that, that's valuable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think another part of that is, um, like identifying what your focus area is at that time. So just like, you know, businesses have maybe quarterly or maybe some other cadence that they identify of what their strategy is instead of just, you know, shotgun kind of look at everything at once. For us, we could focus on it in different ways. But the first one that comes to mind is like genre. Like it might not be the best thing to take, you know, a commercial class, a video game class and a TV narration class all in one week, you know, like because your brain, the, the switching, it doesn't really work that well. So if you can focus on, you know, like what's my priority list for what I want to work on and kind of target, I think you'll get better results. And that was something that I did do early on um, that, you know, didn't really work the best. It's better to focus one at a time. I, I totally agree with you. And another thing that I've noticed, um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, we can all get into this rut in some way or another, but sometimes it's easier to take the workshops or the classes than actually go out and do the work, you know, and step out because that's scary. And you know what I mean? Like, what if you, you know, it, it just is so much easier to do that. So sometimes I've told people like, hey, don't take any more of our classes. Yes, yes, yes. Just go out and do it, even if it's just some free auditions that come your way, just start the practice of doing it. Um, because I think that that's, you just need to step off right now. <laughs> that is so yeah. true. It's so easy to sign up and pay for a class and say, yay, I did it. Yeah. And then yeah. what, you know, like, how did that help you? What are you going to do with that information? Yeah. yeah. Because did you feel like this, once you got, you know, going in your career, that there's sometimes it feels like, Am I moving forward? Yes. Either I'm just stuck in the same place or I don't know. And we want to know like that we're moving forward, we're propelling, we're increasing our income or whatever. And sometimes that's so hard in voiceover. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because like the income part isn't really totally in your control. Yes. Um, you know, like you could be doing everything right. And it's just, you know, that, that I don't know, you just have a month where it's slower or the industry slows down or you know, the change of the uh, trends, you know, just right. flips. And yeah, so there's so much that's not in your control. So it's hard to identify really if it's you or if it's industry conditions or whatever else. Yeah, yeah. it's tough. What do you do when you when you start to feel that of like, am I moving forward or what do you do? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Sometimes it's an indicator that I do need to go back and, and do some training. If only just for somebody else to like to do a private session with somebody just to like hear where I'm at and yeah. give some feedback or maybe check in with my managers. Um, like, hey, you know, are you hearing anything? Um, I'll go back and see maybe if last year around this time frame, you know, looking back at metrics, was yep. this a slow month too? Yep. Um, you know, watching other commercials, you know, and seeing like, hey, am I really on trend or is something shifted? Um, asking other talent, you know, hey, things kind of, you know, been different for you. Um, just a few things that come to mind that I might, I might look at. And sometimes it might be that I need some time away. Like maybe I need to go and I don't know, have lunch outside or go to the zoo or do something fun to like, you know, live life a little and bring that to the booth. <laughs> 
yes, totally. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I know I even do is sometimes I, in my mind, I think, oh, am I not doing things right? Or like, am I behind or whatever? And like, even just this, my last uh, like meeting with my accountant, they were just, they gave me the numbers for the first quarter. I don't even know why I hadn't even looked at it. Like I hadn't thought to look at that. And uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm fine. I'm yeah. fine. You know what I mean? Like sometimes in our head, it's yes. different. Like, so I love what you say. Like, look at the metrics. Yeah. Sometimes in our head, it's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> the reality is different than what we think in our, in our brain. Exactly. Yep. Now, I remember the time in our industry um, and, you know, this, these auditions would come out just like, you know, in a group or whatever, but they would call for like urban voices. And that always rubbed me the wrong way. But I mean, I'm just a talent. I don't have any pull in that. Um, Things have changed in the voiceover industry, but I don't even know you know, areas that still need to grow, you know, from my perspective, um, how have you found the industry to be like, what have been the biggest challenges being African-American in this industry? And, and how have you been able to kind of overcome those or just face them or, or things that even we need to, to know, you know, um, maybe or do better at. Yeah. And that's a great question too, because I think what's been the challenge for me and what I've heard other Black talents say is it's kind of like, like you said, there was a shift from at a point where it was, you know, the urban and sassy and, you know, make sure that there's this. And then there was a realization that, oh, you know, that's not really the right way to describe this. And then it was, you know, African-American talent, diverse options. And it's like, well, what does that really mean? (laughs) You know, and there there's it's so tough there because there's even a thing in the Black community about like sounding white. And there's so much like there's such a big spectrum of what it means to be black just like what it means to be human right um and it's like well well how do i sound black (laughs) for what they're looking for for casting but still be me because like the other thing is like if i get you know sunny upbeat girl next door in my mind i don't know how other black talent feel this way i'm like okay kind of i kind of gotta sound more white (laughs) and you know and like i don't know that that's necessarily right um but it's I don't necessarily sound urban. So I'm like, when you say that you want black talent or you want diverse options, like what are you looking for? And that's, it's been hard to find my black voice sometimes. Um, and I really just default to, you know, as I've learned about just being me and being authentic and, you know, the different flavors of me um, to a read. Um, and then even like things like, uh, you know, I would get references for like Tiffany Haddish for a while, which I haven't seen that reference in a while. But I was I would be like, you know, am I a bad actor if I can't do Tiffany Haddish? You know, like um, and I had to learn through it. I went through a demo process um, and I was like, oh, my flavor of that, of like comedic and fun and kind of big and boisterous, because that is me, was more like Leslie Jones. And when I kind of discovered that through going through scripts and, and I was like, oh, my God, Eureka, I felt so good because it felt authentic. You know, it didn't feel like I was doing a caricature, um, but it was like, you know, OK, you want Tiffany Haddish. That, that's not me. And I can give you this version of it. And maybe it fits what you're looking for. Maybe it doesn't. And that's OK, just like any other spec. Um, but I think that's been the challenge for me is kind of finding my flavor of black that's authentic. And trying to make sure that it is delivering the script in the best way rather than focusing on, is that what you want? Right. Yeah. That is so hard too, isn't it? Like, I mean, 
well, sorry, I'm saying two. I'm not trying to. No, 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 you're fine. Because because in general, even without the diversity aspect, it's hard to be like, I see this spec. What do you really want? Yes. What does it sound like in your head? Yeah, exactly. And your stories and your narratives. And we're guessing. So we're guessing, yes. It's hard. Yeah. But I love what you said. Um, It is so important to discover. Do you feel like that that's one of the best gifts of this industry? Because that's what I feel like for on-camera stuff and for voiceover. I don't know if I could have, if I would have been forced to discover who am I authentically hiding and be okay with that if it hadn't been for my on-camera and voiceover work. I often say that voiceover is sort of a a form of therapy and also requires therapy. (laughs) Amen. Because I mean, like you really do have to, you have to understand who you are because otherwise you will read that spec and you will say, oh, happy, upbeat. And you'll go, please come to our store and see this thing and buy our product Yeah. instead of being like, hey man, you know, come to the store and check out our product. You know, like there's a different, like when you know who you are and you like own it and you're like, this is just how I would say that if it was me in that situation, take it or leave it. That brings a whole different vibe and that's what they're attracting to. That's what they're looking for versus you putting on. And you you have to know who you are to be able to do that and who you're not yeah. and know which auditions are like, eh, you know, this one isn't for me. And that is so important so that you don't burn out. Um, yeah. And then, like you said, it also kind of needs therapy because going through that process will get you those better reads. Um, I feel like therapy was great for me. Um, but yeah, voices, voices has a uh, voiceover. <laughs> I talk for money. Um, <laughs> has sort of required of me that I go through that process and be okay with it. Yeah. What would you tell other like African-Americans that are get, just getting into this career? Like, how do they navigate that? How, you know, how, how can you go into it? I don't know, open or yeah. how, how do you navigate those challenges? Yeah. In a healthy way, you know, there's. Yeah. Some- yeah. I, I think that. I almost want to say that for black talent, take that whole diversity aspect out of your head because you already are diverse. Yeah. So like they're just looking to make sure that they are including all stories because there was historically, you know, maybe not that happening. Um, But whatever flavor of black you already are, keep that. Like that's your magic. You don't have to go find who you are as a black talent. Just find out who you are as a talent, as a person. Um, and you know, how you tell stories. Um, and I think for me, that's, what's been helpful. And that would be the, the advice I would give and, and to, you know, learn the business aspect. Um, I think that's something that just that knowledge in particular, because of the disadvantages and disenfranchisement that, that happens with uh, people of color, particularly black people in America, um, that whole business conversation and business savvy and access to capital and all that kind of stuff is, is where we're you know typically a few steps behind. So really kind of getting your game up there. Um, would be the advice that I would have. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I want to come back real quick because when we were talking about music at the very beginning, um, I do believe that people that understand music and your voice, you know, or vocalist to begin with, that it's a lot can be easier to become voice actors. Oh yeah. How, how did that background help you? Yeah. So whenever I was on stage, which was my favorite way to perform, like I kind of hated the studio and like singing and, you know, on the mic, I was just like, oh, I just want to go on stage. Like, you know, I love doing it live. And, you know, because I think it's like I'm out of my head. 
because I'm like, if I mess up, oh, well, it's already out there. You just got to find a way to fix it and move on. Whereas, you know, I can be the the nitpicking perfectionist in the studio. And I didn't like that. Um, but what I loved was that when I was on stage, I always, before I even knew about voiceover, really focused on delivering the emotion that I feel like the song was trying to communicate through my voice. So like for me to sing, I'm in love, you know, would be different if I say, you know, I'm in love or I'm in love. You know, like it's different. He's going. <laughs> I tried to do too much. But it's different, you know, the way that I would sing it. And that was like my focus and what I loved about music. So thankfully that communicated well for that, uh, you know, moved over well for me. I can't talk it, to voiceover is what I'm trying to say. Um, this is why I talk and don't write scripts yet. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, I think that that carried through for me to understand that the way that I would sing something, the way that I would say something communicated different messages uh, when I would say it different ways. Uh, so that helped me. That's so awesome. Yeah. What What's the rumblings? I'm sure that you still talk to people in the music industry. And I feel like the music industry and voiceover both are um, trying to figure out the whole AI thing and um where do you see that going and how do you feel like oh. it? And you may not know yet. Like, yeah, yeah. how do you feel like, um, how do you feel like you are going to navigate it or yeah. thoughts on it? I mean, honestly, I did see that there was news recently that, you know, songs that are created by AI are not going to be up for Grammy consideration. Like that's a step to be able to be like, you know, Hey, you know, we don't, we're not going to count that stuff. So it's, it's a recognition of the fact that, human is different from technology generated art um and that we're not going to award that so that's that's on the music side that's kind of been what i've heard there um you know i don't i'm not like turning a blind eye to it but technology changes so fast and and you know in so many ways and there are so many curveballs i just feel like i cannot focus my energy on that um i'll stay abreast of the news um, you know, try to make changes as need be, try to be the best human voice actor that I can be to, and, you know, show my value proposition and my competitive edge that you won't want AI, you'll want me because this, I'm going to help you sell this. Um, and that's really all I can do is what's in my control. Um, you know, it's like worrying about if there's going to be a tornado that, that destroys my studio. I mean, I just, I don't have any control over that over the future. So I, don't, I choose not to really focus on it. I just stay aware. For now. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, look at how our industry has shifted to just even in the past five, 10 years with yeah. it's going more and more authentic, more and more authentic. Yep. I mean, you know, people are authentic. So yeah, yeah. we're going to just keep delivering authentic and there yep. may be some machine people too, but um, we'll just keep being. What are you going to do? Yeah. 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 Our Leslie Jones, you know, <laughs> vibe. Exactly, exactly. Whatever peppy, upbeat, friendly um, yep. person you are. Well, yeah. Erica, thank you so much just for sharing uh, with us. Um, I adore you. And I Aww. just think the world of you and, and what you've created of this career, but also just who you are as a person. And um, so I appreciate you taking this time. Well, thank you, Heidi. You are one of the kindest, warmest, just sweetest people. So I was happy to to be on here. And thanks for having me.